Hey, good morning. Come on in. Welcome to Life, Laughs, and Real Estate. You know, today I want to talk about inventory. Because inventory is, without a doubt, the number one element in the equation of where a market is. It, the inventory drives a market. Whether there's a lot of inventory or a little, it determines where we're at in a given cycle. Since two, from 2006 to probably through 2019, there was an exhaustive amount of real estate available to purchase across the country, really. But since then, the inventory levels or choices for a buyer has diminished substantially. And all of a sudden, the market for the last two years has favored the seller. I mean, if you're a buyer and you're looking in a specific neighborhood at a specific price point and there's 30 or 40 houses available, like there was three, four, five, six, seven, twelve 12 years ago, you really don't care about if someone else like Billy Joe and Bobby Sue are interested in the house that you're also interested in. It just doesn't matter because there's so much to choose from. But when there's only one house in that neighborhood, you don't want anyone to get involved. And you're going to have to probably deal with, uh, you might have to pay lists, you might have to deal with multiple offers. You're going to most likely step up, not worry that the HVAC is old, inspection items that come on because you want to get the deal done. The buyer's psyche changes. It's almost like similarly how a psyche changes is like parenthood. I mean, I remember before I had my daughter Riley, our daughter Riley, Jill and I were running around all the time having a lot of fun. And then we had Riley. And our whole thought process changes. It's not about you or me. It's about the babies. Baby safety, baby security, schools, sense of community. It all changes. Same thing happens with buyers when they are faced with zero choices. Inventory drives a market. It is not about whether interest rates are going to skyrocket. It has nothing to do with if the stock market crashes or not. It, that, that's all noise. The bottom line is where are we with the amount of choices? Now, absorption rate... I talk to people a lot about absorption rate. What's the absorption rate? Absorption rate is basically how many houses have sold in the last year in a given price point versus what is currently available. So, for example, if, there, if 20 houses sold over the course of a year between 2 and 3 million and there's 20 houses on the market between 2 and 3 million, the absorption rate is a year. A healthy market, <coughs> excuse me, a healthy market would be where in inventory or the absorption rate is probably six months or less. Currently, you've got absorption rates across the country at one month. In Lake Forest alone, uh, for 
properties priced below a million dollars, the absorption rate is 1.1 months, which is smoking hot. There's no question that real estate is cyclical. Markets change. They go up, they go down. They favor the buyer or they favor the seller. And it's all about the choices for the buyer. And you know what? Honestly, commercial real estate's the same way. I was doing commercial real estate in Houston, Texas uh, in the early 80s, and there was a glut of Class A office space. And if you had a good tenant, 20,000 square foot tenant, they could demand anything. You're giving them all kinds of concessions. Free rent. Oh, on a five-year lease, we're going to give you a year free. Just And we're going to build out the space, and we're going to give you nice allowances to make your space great. It was crazy. But if the market is, there's very little space available, the developers, landlords, they're going to dictate. And you're not going to get your free rent, and you're not going to get build out. You're just not going to get a concession packages because there's nothing to choose from. So inventory, again, is the key component when you're trying to determine where a market is. And clearly, right now in the United States, it is, uh, it is very tight. But let's be real. I want to be really clear. Lake Forest, Las Vegas, Naples, La Jolla, California, Boston, those are all markets unto themselves. And they all have different absorption rates. But right now, the seller is in control. And people have asked me, when do you think it's going to change? And quite frankly, I think it's going to take a while. And it's, it's real simple. When is the inventory going to, get, going to go double or triple? And in the case of Lake Forest, a market I know extremely well, the inventory is going to have to triple to get back to where the buyers are in control. I just don't foresee that happening anytime soon. Properties across the country that are coming on are getting multiple offers and selling in a day or a week. It's because there's so many buyers. And this millennial generation, which is turning 26 to 41 this year, they are having babies, getting married, having kids, uh, uh, starting companies. And I believe that generation, which which is a million, I think a million to two million bigger than the baby boomer generation was, is going to drive our economy forward for the next potentially two decades. Much in the same way that my generation, the baby boomers, drove the 80s and the 90s. History does repeat itself. You know, once Reagan got shot in 82, the economy took off. And it was because we had 76 million people uh, that were starting families and businesses and they pumped money into the economy and uh, it was just very strong through Reagan uh, his eight years through Bush and Clinton's eight it was just upward trajectory the fact is the Millennials are about 23 percent of our of the 330 million population that we have in the United States history does repeat itself and we're on a great trajectory for the future. Again, the key to real estate, 
And we'll, we'll talk about pricing. I am going to talk about pricing in the coming months, how to position a home for sale. Clearly, those, there's four components to that location is, is key. Where, where's the property located? Uh, amenities, what does the property have? Bedroom count, et cetera. And condition, what condition is the property in? But the key component is inventory. What are we competing against? If you've learned anything about what I've just said or talked about, know this. Inventory drives a real estate market. Or how many choices are there for a buyer? Are there a lot? The buyers are going to control it. If there's very little choices, it's a seller's market. Inventory is the key. It's critical. And it's no matter where you are in the world. You know, I'm kind of fanatical when it comes to believing the importance of passion, pursuing your passions, finding out what you're passionate about and pursuing it, particularly as it applies to what you do in life, your career. I think 80, 86, 85, 86% of the people in the country, the workforce in the world really don't like what they do. They punch a clock, and they're through fear or responsibilities. Just they're not going to take the bold step to try something else or pursue a passion of theirs. I really don't know a lot of people that are or successful people who work just forty hours a week. If you're going to be great and good at what you do, you have to put the hours in, and. If you're passionate about what you do, it ain't work. I love real estate. I've written contracts at 8 o'clock at night, negotiated deals uh, early in the morning, uh, worked on 4th of July, done, shown property on Christmas. It's, you know, I love what I do, and I put a lot of hours in, but it's not work to me because I love what I do. I remember telling people, I don't want to work. Who wants to work? I'd rather play golf or do something else. I don't want to work. But the, again, the key is if you love, but I have responsibilities. I need to make an income. And so the key is if, if you love what you do, it's just, it's not work. Period. And it really, again, it doesn't matter what it is. You could be a museum curator. You could be a chef. Riley's studying to have her own child psychology practice, and she is so driven and passionate about what she does. Brady is very passionate about coaching kids. He's totally fired up about coaching his 14U18 this year, this summer. He's passionate about it, and you can see it. And it's not work for Riley. It's not work for Brady. Just like it's not work for me to work with clients and uh, be advise them on real estate transactions. I love it. If you're going to be successful in life, you've got to put the time in. And it's critical, I feel, to be passionate about what you do for a living. Um, I mean, I look at these sports icons Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Rafa Nadal, the greatest of all time. All three of them, to me, they are the goats. And interestingly enough, 
what they have in common. They have a lot of things in common, but one thing they have in common is they never would take a playoff, whether in practice or in a game. And they practice every bit as hard as they do when they're playing the game. They are full tilt all the time. Tom Brady loves to practice. Michael Jordan played. It's been rumored for years that at practice, he was an animal. Rafa Nadal, you think he, you think he's uh, upset that he has to go out and practice? He loves it because they want to be great, and they are. And it's a passion. It's passion, wanting to be great, but at the same time, it's the passion for what they do that they love, that it's not work for them because they love it so much. It's just critically important to love what you do to find out what you're passionate about. And again, it doesn't matter. You want to be a ski instructor, a golf pro. It really doesn't matter. Find out what you're passionate about and pursue it. This concludes episode number two, Life Laughs and Real Estate. If you want to email me to discuss how inventory drives the market or why it's so important to pursue your passions, feel free to send me an email at chris at chrischristoff.com. Uh, make sure you include your cell phone because I might just give you a jingle. <laughs>